more people than ever are looking to work for themselves and start their own business. But with 20% not surviving the first year and a staggering 60% of them going bust within three years, it really does take a certain mindset to make sure they survive. So what does it take to be a successful person in business or an entrepreneur? Well, today, I'm pleased to welcome a former Dragon investor from Dragon's Den, Sarah Willingham, who's also been a judge on a hit TV show, The Restaurant, has a list of business accolades as long as my arm, and is founder and CEO of Nightcap PRC, and they are someone I can call a friend. And welcome, Sarah Willingham. How are you? Very good. Very good. Good to see you. Nice to see you too. I'm getting a little peek inside your lovely home as we can. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've finally actually bought some furniture. We just had these vacuous spaces for ages, but we finally bought some furniture. So, and this is, I've got a view. I'm sat in a room with daylight, um, which is the only place I can find myself sitting and working. So it's a perfect place to sit and work. It's nice. What a place to work. What a place to work. So we're going to dive right in. We're going to dive right in to, um, you know, the, the business mindset. And I think for anyone for listening to this who is contemplating starting their own business, or would like to be an entrepreneur and doesn't know where to start, this is really is going to be an episode for you. Um, but what got you into being uh, the entrepreneur that you are and the success that you are? Where did it all start? So it's a, it's a really good question because, you know, I think you hear so many people's stories and they're like, oh, I was always going to be an entrepreneur. That just wasn't my, my story at all. I grew up in really? a working class northern family, uh, mum and dad, mum was a math teacher, dad, 30 years in the same business, worked sort of middle management. Um, and I grew up in a world where you get a job, you graft, you get a pension, that's it. That's, that's, that's your lot. Um, and during that time growing up, the one thing that was for sure is I was always really interested in business. I didn't know at the time that that's what it was, but I, when I look back, I think I was always fascinated by why did we all have the same brands and why were we eating the same cheese or singing the same adverts from the telly? You know, I was fascinated by how these businesses were kind of getting into our head, I guess. Um, and so when it, when I came to my choice at university, I, wanted to do two things. One, my dad wouldn't let me have a gap year. Um, so I was determined to study abroad. He was like, you've got to go and get a job. Um, yeah. So I was determined yeah. to go abroad and travel. And the second thing is, is I wanted to do business. I was really interested in this, but still at this point, I didn't need or want to be an entrepreneur. I was just fascinated by business and actually very, very lucky reasonably early on found the thing that I love which um, at the time as it happens it, I just love business actually but at the time I found hospitality loved it got into it really enjoyed it and everything that I was doing was all about I wanted to travel still in my 20s so opening restaurants abroad was something that I was really really keen to do and learning just wanted to learn to be honest um, and I was surrounded by really great people and found that it was something that I was good at having 
not being great at school, to be honest, completely messed up my A-levels. I've got C, two Ds and an E for my A-levels. Um, but <laughs> managed to get on the right university course through hustle okay. and chat. Uh, no surprise there. Um, <laughs> and yeah, managed to get my way into the course that I really wanted to get, get onto. But, but I just surrounded myself with great people and, and learned during my 20s. So it wasn't until my late 20s that I suddenly thought, hang on a second, I had this sort of big moment of realization where I realized that actually the, the thing that was most important to me was my life, me, not my work. And all of that was me and, and my time. And I suddenly realized that I actually had very little control of my time. I was in different country, often three times in a week, um, all over the place. And whilst I'd loved it for that period of my, mm. of my life, I was in sort of my mid to late twenties and thought, you know, I really want to be a mom hadn't yet met Michael, my husband, want to be a mom, very, very important to me, um, wanted a big family. And when I envisaged this next stage of my life, which I hoped would happen, um, very lucky it did happen, uh, which I'd hoped would happen, I thought there's not a chance it's going to happen if I continue to live the way that I'm living. Mm. So, and I'm, I've always been a very big believer that, that you're, you, you, you start off with your life path and your work has got to fall into place. Like there is, I don't believe in yeah. career paths and you'll never hear me talk about a career path. Um, it's always about which direction is my life going in at the moment. And that's when I thought it's not what I want in my life. I want to be the person that decides what's going into my diary at 10 o'clock on a Monday morning or at four o'clock on a Thursday, I need to be that person. Mm. And thinking about it, I thought, well, the only way I can do this actually is if I become the entrepreneur. And actually it's taken me years to, to say I am an entrepreneur because for years I always <laughs> thought, well, I'm not an entrepreneur because actually I don't create anything yeah. from scratch. Um, so I thought I, I, I'm going to go alone. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to go off and I'm going to do this myself. And I was sat at my desk at Pizza Express at the time thinking, right, <laughs> you know, I, I need a plan. And mm -hmm. I, that's when I looked around and thought, well, Indian restaurants are really popular at the time. There were 10,000 in the UK, lots of sort of mom and pop set up, but nobody had actually created a chain and I had been lucky enough to spend the last year of my time at Pizza Express sharing an office with the chief executive and the MD. And uh, I, I was working for the board at the time on sort of special projects, really. And I had almost sucked them dry of everything, all, got all of their knowledge. I must have been a nightmare when I look back at it. I asked every <laughs> single question more and more and more. I wanted to understand how have you created value here? What have you done to create shareholder value? Why are you making all the decisions that you're making? Why, have you, why is it structured in the way that it's structured financially? Why do we borrow here? Why have we got equity there? The whole thing. And by the end of it, having had these um, guys on pedestals thinking they're amazing, I got to the end of the year and thought, oh my God, I actually really understand what you do. I get it. 
And that was the real moment where I thought, actually, mm. that coupled with this big kind of life decision, um, I thought, I can, I've got this. I can do it. And wow. as in any decision I've ever made in my life, I look at, well, what's my downside? Um, can I handle my downside? And in this case, my downside was that I failed. Well, I can definitely handle that. Possibly dent my ego and reputation a bit. Definitely can handle that. That's not going to do any harm. And mm. am I going to lose any, am I going to lose the roof over my head? Well, I didn't really have one at the time. You know, I was in my twenties. What, what really am I going to lose? Um, right, do it. And worst case scenario, it all goes completely wrong. And I go and get a job because actually I worked hard and done some good stuff in my twenties okay. anyway. So that was really, that's the, why the entrepreneur was, was, was that I was driven by desperately wanting to own my time. And that's been a very, very strong driving force throughout my whole life, actually, was, is this almost this freedom of, of owning your own time. And that's still right. Still today is what, is what drives me. I love that answer. And it's, it, it is quite evident I think in your life that you uh, even just doing some research on you today, you know, I know you, I, you know, you, I, I was doing some research and it, everything that I came across was you talking about your family and your goal to have this big family, but more importantly, it was to be there for your family. And yeah, just to hear you say that's your big why is yeah, pretty amazing. Yeah. It's been, um, it's been very, imp so I'm a, I'm a believer, a fundamental believer that you can't fight nature. Um, mm -hmm. Nature will always win in, in every aspect. I think you, you can't, you can't beat it. So, the, and that's, I think it's where a lot of businesses go wrong, actually, where they don't go with somebody's natural, in somebody's natural direction or where people go wrong because they pick businesses that are not natural fit for them. Um, and, and so for me, because I had this overwhelming desire to be a mom and needed to nurture. That was really, really important to me to be there as a mom and, um, you know, would mess with my head basically. If I, if I couldn't, you know, if my child was ill and, and I couldn't take them to the doctors, let's say, or what, whatever it might be, but somebody else governed um, the sort of makeup of my day and my week. So that, that drive, that natural drive, I never wanted to try and fight. I wanted to go with that. But so therefore, knowing that and knowing the power of it, I always knew that actually what I had to do was find a career, a work, something that would pay for all of this. And actually, I love it. You know, I like mm. getting my brain cells going. I like being Sarah Willingham, you know, not a mom, not a wife, not but just I like that. I love it. Um, I needed that bit needed to fall into place to help power the ability to be the mom. And I think it's a balance, right? Mm -hmm. It's always a balance. And, and what I've just said there will resonate with some people and not with others. You know, I've got friends who mm -hmm. um, had children could not wait to get back to work. And there's, you know, that's equally as great. There's nothing that's them also yeah. recognizing that that's them. That's, their nature that's what they need to do and in fact they didn't really kick in until the kids were a bit older and um 
And now it now they have a very different relationship with their children and, and they just didn't, it wasn't natural for them early on. Um, so you have to, you have to find the bit that works with you. But I think the most important thing is wherever you can is to be true to who you are, like what is to understand what it is that drives you. Because if you try and fight nature, I just, I just believe sincerely that you will lose. I'm absolutely with you on that. But we'll have a good old go, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> Always, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> I want to touch upon, you talked about you were weighing up the risks and you know so you went through a list of things which could have gone wrong with the Bombay Bicycle Club if, if it didn't take off etc and um, what I'm interested in is there was a confidence there around well if you know my, I might have my ego well do you know what I'll, I'll deal with that it was almost kind of so what where has that come from so it's a good question. I've actually been asked that a similar, like that it's, it's a question that I get asked, I guess a lot is how do you get that confidence if you don't have it? And I've always been, so risk is something that I think we don't talk about enough. And I think confidence, if you don't feel it in your tummy, you can actually work with it in your head. So I think if, if it's not natural mm. to you, you know, as we've just talked about, I think, you, I think you can educate yourself. I think you can, you can make a list, pros and cons, if, you're, if it's not intuitive to you. Mm. And I think, you know, firstly, nobody wants their legacy to be the person that came up with the, with the idea that, and never did anything about it, right? Like, don't be that person that spends, oh, great idea, something I've always wanted to do and you actually never take action. I'm a, I'm, I'm a doer and a person that believes in doing and trying and failing, doing and trying and succeeding, mm -hmm. doing and trying and failing. You know, that's okay. It's okay to fail. It doesn't matter, actually. And it's coming back to that, well, what's the worst thing that can happen here? Now, you know, don't risk the roof over your head. Don't miss, risk your health. Don't risk your family. Don't risk the things that, that you, you're not, you can't, you can't handle that downside. If you can't handle the downside, mm. do not do it. Absolutely don't do it. But then what is your downside? Your downside is you fail and we'll get back up again and do something else until you don't fail. Mm. Um, you know, now a lot of people will say, okay, then in, in failing, I've, I've got a life I need to pay for. So often, I think so people will have like action paralysis is is definitely a thing and that's yeah. the that's that risk of my god I've been thinking about this thing for so long now I I daren't do it because what if it isn't everything that I want it to be and I can tell you it won't be everything you want it to be it never is but that's okay give it a go and in fact usually you find the path within it, it's never what you planned yeah. it to be in the first place. So that's okay. So don't worry about that. Financially is always the big one really, because, well, can I afford, can I afford to take this risk? So I'm not talking about necessarily spending money to do it. I'm talking about often giving up, let's say an income 
to be able to do something. So that's different. And that, that has weighed out. And normally, depending on whatever the business plan is, now I will go over to this. Now I will start my business and, and, and make it work. Um, but the, the decision paralysis, which you see a lot, that action, that actually doing it, comes so often from that fear of it not being what you anticipated, not being what you need it to be and want it to be, what you've promised yourself it's going to be. Um, and that is you have to just sit there and write your pros and your cons and what is my absolute downside here and you just have to do it. And unfortunately, we cannot make progress in life unless we do something, unless we change something, unless it mm. actually happens talking ain't going to change anything. So you've got to do it. And I think I'm, for me, I'm lucky that's, that's in me. It's natural. I'm a doer. I'm a mover. You know, I'm always going forwards all the time yeah. and I appreciate and, and value, you know, I'm lucky. I know that, uh, but I do think, and I've worked with enough people now and spent enough time talking to people now that it is something that if it's not in you, you can learn. And I think you can work with very good people. I think you can work with great coaches. Um, I think you can work with people that can help you to get over that hurdle of making that decision. But, but whatever it is, you, you can't, your legacy can't be that you came up with a great idea and never did it. Like you, it can't be, you can't look back in 10 years time. And I mean, what the, the what's the Mark, Mark Twain quote, you never regret the things you, did do you only ever regret the things you didn't you know let that, that not quote. be what's you know that. what you carry through into your old age yeah and you know what other i mean i mean obviously you you sound like you're, you're a doer you've got this natural confidence you're a mover but what obstacles have you faced in regards to maybe your mindset how did you overcome anything that you know was holding you back yeah, I um, I think imposter syndrome is was a huge thing for me for a long, long time, um, and again, that that became a real mindset thing for me, where I had to really talk myself through it and say, you know, you this needs to be a superpower, Sarah, not, mm. not a fear. It's not something that's stopping you doing something. Oh. And I actually had a real um, kind of life-changing moment where um, I walked into, a, it, was, it was in my late 20s, I walked into a meeting. Um, we were, I was at Pizza Express at the time and I was working for the board on projects and we were buying Ketners in Soho. And I was in charge of the project. And I, I walked into the meeting, I was just a couple of minutes late. And on the opposite side of the room was the lawyers and the team for Ketners. And on my side of the table, there was my lawyers and there was a space for me to sit down. And as I walked in, mm. the lawyer on the opposite side of the table hardly even looked up and said, uh, oh, thank you, uh, mine's, white with, mine's white with one sugar as I walked into the meeting room what? and I, um, it was such a powerful moment. And I sort of put my bag down and I remember taking a breath and thinking, you know, this, this had been the story of my twenties, like mm. absolutely the story of my twenties. And I put my bag down 
and went walked around to the coffee machine and made it was a filter coffee thing and poured him a coffee and said would anybody else like one while I'm here um nobody else breathed because I think the entire room realized what he'd done <laughs> uh he still hadn't yeah. locked up um okay and I took it round and put it in front of him and then made myself a coffee and then sat down and looked up at him and said um should we start the meeting now and I sat back in my chair and watched the colour drain from this guy's face. And the meeting then completely went in my direction. Everything I wanted out of that meeting happened. And it was such a powerful moment for me where Mm. something that had, and it still, it, it didn't, disappear of course it doesn't disappear overnight so imposter syndrome has been a thing you know for years but it was a real life-changing moment where I realized that okay it might be natural for me to feel imposter syndrome but I can absolutely work my mindset on this and I can work my way through it and I walked out of there realizing that actually it had been my superpower in that meeting that he had underestimated me and I then carried that with me for years and years and years. And I always have this thing, my team always laugh at me. I always have this thing that before any meeting, I was, I've always got a lip gloss. Before any meeting, I always put <laughs> extra lip gloss on. And it's what I'd done in that meeting. And I think that's so often how certainly me growing up really in the 90s, certainly how women were perceived and sadly still are actually in a lot. It it hasn't progressed anywhere near as much as I would have liked it to have done. And we would have liked it to have done. Um, But that imposter syndrome and that being underestimated, um, I realized was a superpower that in fact, again, you know, when something is a weakness, you have to learn to turn it into a strength. You have to learn to work with it. I mean, even last week, right, I I was supposed to go for lunch with a friend uh, with work and he messaged me first saying, oh, uh, don't meet, we were supposed to be going to Tonkotsu. He said, don't meet me, Tonkotsu at 12, 12.30, meet me at the Savoy, we're going to abseil off the Savoy. I was like, no, we're not, don't be stupid. Of course we're not gonna abseil. I'm like 50, what are you talking about? Um, and I got there and I thought, I'll just watch him. He's like, no, 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 you're signed up. Like it's for charity. You've got to do it now. And it's a bit like, that's my mindset is I would rather face the fear of doing it, like Mm -hmm. go through that experience of it being like really thinking, oh my God, what the hell am I doing? Than walk away because of the fear. I'd rather talk myself through it and do it than not and I think that's the same when I've come across these stump these I guess psychological issues where for example it is like imposter syndrome you if it's stopping you do doing something or it's you know it's affecting your judgment or affecting your behavior affecting the outcome basically then Mm. what can I do to change it and that's what I I'm very conscious of always trying to work with those things that are holding me back, actually. Just a quick break to say I am so excited to announce a brand new podcast channel to help you transform your life in ways you might not yet be able to imagine. 
2023, we are kicking your ass. Now, this is a channel of experimental content I know you are going to love. Now, Mindset Change Another Level has exclusive deeper subconscious training meditations to help you upgrade your long overdue programs that are holding you back in life. You also get searchable meditations without ads, intros and outros so you can find your favorites super easily. You get access to masterminds to help take your mindset change to another level and you get to engage with me in a whole new way. And as a thank you for supporting the new channel, you get discounts from my group workshops too. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes and come and join. Oh, and feel free to come and join my WhatsApp community too. I can't wait to welcome you. Yeah, you know, you gave me goosebumps when you said that um, imposter syndrome is a superpower because that's something I promote quite a lot. But people look at me very strangely when I say that, when I say how it's such a gift. I love imposter syndrome. Me too. <laughs> you know, me and too. I, did a, I talked to a, a podcast group about it and they were looking at me, you know, as if to say, what? But it's that thing of imposter syndrome is a reminder. It's the way of going, oh, there's something within me that needs addressing. Because yeah. if I don't address this imposter syndrome, then I'm going to be held back. Yeah. And if yeah, I work with it completely. and turn it into something positive, it's going to lead me forward. Yeah. Yeah, uh, completely. And and I think I agree with that. I also think there's nothing wrong with, you know, there's nothing wrong with keeping your feet on the ground, right? Like keeping the, mm. almost keeping that level of, of, of reality as well of, and perspective, I think is really important um, in anything that you do is, is keeping perspective that like, you know, what's it all really about? Um, but yeah, to me, I, things like that have, I've learned that's my superpower. You know what? Underestimate mm. me. That's, that's, it only works in my favor because that's what happened in that meeting. I walked out with the deal. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. <laughs> and I, I have to love that. And, and, and if someone is listening to this and thinking, okay, but I'm still not to do with, I, don't, I still know what to do with my imposter syndrome or I'm too frightened to move forward because who am I to be an entrepreneur? I know you, you made me laugh earlier when you talked about, you know, you didn't see yourself as an entrepreneur because I was sat in a meeting not long ago thinking, they were saying, Paul, you're an entrepreneur. And I was thinking, am I really? Yeah, totally. I've only just recently, I mean, it's, I, it's like literally the last few years that I've gone, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, fine. We'll do this. It, it, it's a weird sort of thing to settle into. But if there's someone listening to this thinking, this all sounds great, but I'd love to be an entrepreneur. I'd love to be as successful as uh, Sarah Willingham. But I, I don't know how to go forward. What would you what would you advise? Well, firstly, you've got to find out what's stopping you. Like, honestly, what's stopping mm. you. And I think if you can't be honest with yourself, then it is worth actually finding somebody that you can talk to that will be honest with you, that will ask you those difficult questions and see through some of the nonsense. I think that's, that's important to, or to help you see through some of the nonsense mm. um, and whether or not that's a good friend, whether or not that's a coach, whether or not that's somebody else in business, whatever. I certainly have found that over, over the years, more doors are open than shut. So, you know, 
find somebody and keep knocking on a door until you find the, the, the right person. And you'll know, you'll know when you find the right person because that person will start to unlock things in your, in your, in your mind, I think. So, yeah, I think um, find out what is that stopping you in the first place and, and, and being really honest. And, you know, it might be that it is something really practical like money, in which case it is a practical yeah. conversation about inflows and outflows in your life and how else you can side hustles and how else you can you can make that work. That's that's one side. Or it could actually be fear of failure. And in which case it's it's okay, what what so why? Why? Mm. Why are you why are you scared of, of failing? And well, I don't wanna I don't want to look stupid, but why not? Well, because everybody will laugh at me. But so wh why is that a problem? What, what, who, who's going to laugh yeah. at you? Well, my friends, really? Like, are your friends really going to laugh at you because you fail? Or do you mean lots of people you don't know? Like, you, and actually you'd be surprised. Yeah. Far fewer people care about you than you think they do actually. And the you know, and I mean that in the <laughs> nicest true. possible way, but... Like yeah, yeah. what? No, they probably they probably don't give a monkeys to be perfectly honest. Um, so it's that it's that challenge of why, mm. why, why? You know what's what's happening here. Um, but I think if you if you if you can't do it to yourself, the most important thing first of all is to find the person who will help you. Yeah. Almost almost make a list actually. Yeah, I I, I absolutely agree with you. And um, going back to that, you know, the why I asked you earlier. Uh, we talked just before we, we came on online, what was the one question that you wished other people would, more people would ask you, but they don't. And your answer was? It, why? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's definitely the question, yeah. I think, over my life that, um, I mean, I ask it mm. like ruthlessly to myself now, ruthlessly. Yeah. Um, and I say ruthlessly because sometimes it's brutal, uh, you know, that I force oh. myself to answer that question. Um, but I definitely wish that over the, I think it would have been very helpful and I would have got to my level of self-awareness and understanding a lot sooner had, had my decisions been questioned. Why? What is it that is driving you, Sarah? Why? Why do you want this life? Why do you want to do that? Why do you? Why are you saying no to that? Why are you saying yes to that? Why are you do? Why are you going left when everybody else is going right? Why? 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 And I think when you because when you understand the why, you've got a lot stronger chance of being successful because really that's what drives you. So my my determination to be an entrepreneur and to be successful in inverted commas. And I, and I, I say yeah. in inverted commas because my definition of success is not your definition of success. It's not somebody else's definition mm. of su success. Um, so, my, you know, what does success look like to me? Why am I doing it? What's driving me? And for me, it was that freedom. It was the, it was the need to govern my, my diary. But like everything else in life, I, you know, if you're going to do it, I believe do it well. You know, and it, you know that because yeah. we, we go to the gym together, right? Well, you don't turn up and mm. walk around and do nothing. When you, you turn up, <laughs> you give it everything, you leave, you've done it. But you yeah, give yeah. it everything, right? And I, I really believe that in, in whatever I do. 
why would I waste my time coming back to this thing that the most important thing I have, the most important thing is my time. So I am going to be ruthless with it. And when I do something, I'm going to make sure that I, I do it well. And so that's why the why would have been extremely (laughs) useful, you know, probably in my twenties and and maybe even in my thirties, I'm probably, you know, I've probably cracked that bit now. Um, But yeah, when I was, when I was younger, I think I probably could have understood myself quicker, sooner, sooner. Yeah. It's such an empowerful question. Do you have a process? Do you start off with, like, uh, why do I want to, you know, do this new business venture? And then do you then come up with that? Well, that's an answer. And then does it go down a level and down a level? How does it work for you? No, it's not. It's not as systematic as that because mm-hmm. I'm a bit more random in my processing, I think. Um, but it is, it's definitely a constant challenge of, of, so it's it's an interesting thing because I say no to more than I say yes to, and it's often because of the why. So okay, um, I'll give you, I guess, a perfect example. Uh, well, I think it's a perfect example. So I used to do this thing. I don't do it anymore because it's it's more intuitive. But it's, I found this very very useful tool. Um, Michael and I used to do it at the beginning of every year. We used to start off. Um, and this helps, I think this helps to answer the question of the, the, the process of which we go through and as we make decisions, mm. you know, our sort of decision-making tree, really. Beginning of every year, we used to start off with a, uh, a, a pie, like a circle, like a pie chart. And it makes it sound really boring. We're not, I promise, but this... This is exciting. <laughs> Married to me, hooray! Um, <laughs> yeah, pie chart. <laughs> how much fun is our January? No, it's um, yeah. <laughs> we, we don't do it anymore, but we used to. And it was actually genuinely okay. very, very useful. So we start oh, with this pie okay. chart, and we we go right. What do we want this year to look like? Like in terms of our time. Okay. And this pie chart represents the finite. It's a year of time, and so we start. Well, right. Well, I want to travel, so you'd block off. I don't know, let's say, uh, I don't know, 80 degrees of it. Um, I want to, my kids were young. I want to spend majority of my time being a mom. So that's like 180, not sleep time, everything else, 180, let's say. Um, I need to get fit. I've just had four babies in four years and I'm a mess. I need to get fit and get back in shape. So exercise needs to be a big thing. And it's also very, very important for my head, exercise, blah, 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 holidays, see my friends, see my parents, whatever it might be. And then you go, oh, right, yes, well, clearly mm. need to pay for all of this and forgot work. So you you realize that you've got to spend some time working. So work sort of comes out. And But as you put that in and you decide that work's going to be this proportion of it, let's say, you go, well, what am I prepared to compromise? So a little bit has to come off the being a mom bit, but you're like, well, that can't go too mm. much this way because that that won't work for me. So I'm not. So then a little bit, you go, well, can some Sam, can some come off exercise? Mm, not at the moment because I've just had four babies and I can't. That I can't compromise. Okay, maybe travel a little bit, bit less on friends. And you, what happens in the process of doing this this pie chart is that every decision that you make has a relativity to it. And you realize mm. the 
True. visual um, decision of the compromise. You, you, you see it visually, the compromise. So as you then, of course, go through the course of the year and you actually realize, oh my God, I'm spending 80% of my time working, you, you know, because you've got this picture in your head of what the pie chart looked like, you know full well you cannot possibly for, be fulfilling the rest of the time that you wanted to spend being a mom or being a friend or traveling or exercise or whatever it might be. So one year we did it and it was, I think it was 2016. And I, at the time, was doing quite a lot of TV and I had a regular on Sky, a regular on ITV This Morning, a regular radio show on LBC. I was doing loads of TV, actually. Um, and as I did my pie chart and worked it, I, I was like, what am I doing? What, why am I doing all of this media? Why? And... It had been a plan the year before to do more, actually, to sort of because we'd started a business and we were it was a business that didn't go particularly well, um, and it was it, it was supposed to help with the brand of that business. This is a while back, and when I looked at my pie chart, I was like, "Why am I doing this?" So what ended up happening in the process of doing the pie chart is that media and TV. I had to be very honest with myself. Why am I doing it? Mm. I couldn't think of a good reason. I had to go. So after that, within wow. four weeks, I had resigned, for want of a better word, but given up. Um, I'd been working with an agent at the time, gave notice to my agent, Sky, ITV this morning, stopped everything, absolutely everything. I don't need this or want it in my life. I can't, whilst it's a nice to have, when I looked at the compromise that, that it was going to take away from the important things, the more important things mm. in my life, I wasn't prepared to do it. So that all went. Of course, then what happens? I mean, I actually, I'm not joking. This is the, the universe was conspiring. I literally had my last call was um, the night before I'd spoken to a we had, I was on Sky with Eamon Holmes and I'd phoned Eamon and said, look, I really loved it, blah, blah, but I'm not going to do it anymore. And then I'd spoken to the producer and the following morning I had an email in my inbox. I kid you not. I had actually, that was my final, final goodbye to TV. The following morning I had an email in my inbox asking me whether or not I'd come and try out for Dragon's Den. I was like, <laughs> what? That can't be right. And I remember, I remember kind of closing my laptop and opening it thinking, I can't unsee that. Like I've just spent the last four weeks removing media from my mm. life. And, and actually Dragon's Den, one of the things that was, was on our pie chart was working with other businesses, more investments, all okay. of that. And in fact, Dragon's yeah. Den was too big, too much fun. And I never thought I'd get it anyway. Um, so I was like, yes, of course I'll come for the screen test. What a laugh. I'll meet Deborah Mead and then maybe we'll be friends. Um, not thinking it would turn into something as big as it did end up, end up turning into. But that was, that's a long way of answering the question about the pie chart because it explains yeah. how, the mindset of, of how I'd make the decisions of, of what I was going to do. And I had to be very honest with myself, brutally honest with myself. Why are you doing the TV? And actually, is it really just an ego thing? 
Like, is it do? Am I doing it because it just makes me feel good? And I think, oh, that's nice. But why am I really doing it? Like, it didn't. It. I didn't. There was no real benefit to it for me. Um, and that kind of being that honest with myself and asking the why, 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 why until I got a satisfactory answer meant that I decided not to do any more. I love that. I, I was wondering as well, you know, when you said you, you began to just, re, you know, reassess your media sort of uh, relationship and then ended up on Dragon's <laughs> Day. I was thinking, how did that work? Yeah, I understand that one. Yeah. But there was a flexibility, I guess. It's uh, you knew that it would also bring you more away of opportunities because of the networking side of things. So I guess yeah. even though you might have to really cut things down, I guess you might have to hold things a little loosely at times and be flexible. Oh, I mean, everything's so fluid. And in fact, mm. we often reflect on the year gone. And of course, you never, ever, I mean, you don't stick to it. Like, But it's a guide. It's more of a, rather than it being the reality or what you should be doing or it, or you don't hold yourself to it. Mm. What you, you, you do it as a reminder to where your priorities lie, you, to remind yourself. Because I think it's, very easy, but I'm a real adrenaline junkie. And I mean, I literally hit adrenaline. It's like being hooked up. I, I feel so, you know, I'm, I'm it, it wakes me up. I feel confident, mm. strong, great, actually. And I, I mean, I've, you know, it, it, I've, I've had long periods of my time without adrenaline in my system and actually prefer my brain when I don't have all the adrenaline in my system. But I'm aware that the world we live in, especially in Northern Europe, is is adrenaline filled. And it's mm. easy once you get that adrenaline fill to forget the softer things that actually you, you really value when you take the time and you're slower and you reflect and you are present mm. and aware. And sometimes you have to keep revisiting in, a, in, that, in the cold light of day when you are having a reflective moment and you draw, for example, a pie chart or whatever, you don't have to draw a pie chart, but go, this is important to me. Um, I just mm. think it's very, very, very easy to, to keep going down that adrenaline-filled, busy, distracted, crazy life that we live in, right? And for me, it mm. always was there as a reminder that, well all of this time, you know, I want to be at home with my kids and I want to be slower and I want to be present and et cetera, et cetera. So whilst you don't stick to it, it's, it's a sense check, right? Yeah. I think what I'm really hearing as part of this whole conversation is how, I don't even know if you really realize you're doing this and maybe you do. You're really connecting with your, a future version of you who's living the life that you really want to live. So you, you imagined yourself as this mom with this big family. And then that seemed to create, you know, a ripple back in time to these are the decisions I'm going to make. These are the values I need to, you know, this is who I need to become to reach that ideal person. And just listening to you just then about your, your, you know, your pie chart was you seem to connect very easily to a future version of you who has what you want and is doing what you want. And then you seem to do make those changes back in here in the present moment. Is that something you recognize or is just something that I was listening to and it's something that I yeah, like to so, talk about with, with clients and things? Yeah, it's a, that's a really interesting reflection. 
So one of the things that I, you know, I, I took, I became quite conscious, I think, that I probably spent too much time thinking about that rather than the present. Okay. Um, okay. If anything, um, mm. and had to had to make sure that it wasn't always about progress. Um, this is probably about ten years ago. Um, wasn't always about progress. That actually, there's a real gift in being able to stand still and enjoy sort of the beauty of now. Um, and I think whilst I've probably never articulated as well as you just did, it's, I think that's very true. I'm, I naturally, I'm a, like I said, I said, I'm naturally action, right? I'm naturally do mm. move forward, always, you know, wanting to progress and be better or whatever, um, naturally. But I have definitely learned to be much more present in the moment. And that took, say probably six seven maybe as far as 10 years ago mm. um that was you know it was a definite huge mindset shift and and in 2000 and so it must have been 2014 15 when i did that pie chart so it's 2016 i for that very reason took my kids out of school and went traveling around the world and actually we ended up going for three mm. years and a big part wow. of that was I wanted to wean myself off adrenaline. And it sounds, it's almost sad, really, that I didn't feel I could do it in this world that, you know, that I currently mm. live in. Almost like the junk, as an adrenaline junkie, it's everywhere. So leaving the country, I mean, it took almost six months for it to properly leave my system. And I can't tell you how beautiful my mind was. I, it's, it was extraordinary. I have never, I've never experienced a, a period of time, probably two and a half years, until I came back here actually. Um, and I, I get moments of it now when I go out in nature, I know how to get back to it. You would probably, I don't meditate, but I think mm. that's how people probably get to it with meditation. I go into nature and put my feet on earth um rather than the concrete jungle that we live in but so i can now get back to it because i spent so long in that place but for two and a half years it was such a joy in my head i mean it was amazing and that was interestingly enough all about being present and it was all about being in the moment and not thinking about the future just saying i'm done yeah that's it, that's it. and i wonder yeah i but what was interesting is I didn't have read uh, Dr. Benjamin Hardy's book, uh, Be Your Future Self Now, which talks about the ability to picture who you want to be in your future and then be that person now. You know, so if you're picturing being, you know, less uh, adrenaline filled and you being more present and being more still and calm, that's a wonderful goal and it's not something to aim for because we could actually begin to experience more of that now and it's, that's what i was just hearing it was just that that i think you have this such a wonderful natural ability to project and then what you've learned from experience is to manifest that into your reality right now yeah i mean i've never i've never thought of it in that in in mm. in that respect but 
I've definitely, I've, I mean, I've, without a doubt, I've always been driven by my life. You know, like, what do I want my life to be like? And then everything else falls in, has to fall into place. I have to, all the moving pieces have to fall into what do I want my life to look. So even the decision mm -hmm. to go traveling around the world took almost two years to basically make myself redundant from my life. Mm. You know, that's, you don't just do that overnight. That was yeah. big, big, no. big decision. And I walked away obviously from a lot here. I left the country as Dragon's Den hit um, and didn't come back, you know, for almost three years. <laughs> and very, very consciously didn't pursue that celebrity, strictly media path mm. very, very consciously having, but only because a few years before I'd sat and asked myself why I was doing it and realized that the reasons weren't, they weren't, it wasn't enough for me. It wasn't substantial enough. Mm. It wasn't important enough. Um, and I think that helped me to say, this is more important. This is, I need to bottle time now with my kids at this age um, in a period that I'll never forget and will probably always be the best years of my life, actually. Um, if you can oh. say that, I mean, they're all great, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's probably um, trying to bottle it much more important than that sort of adrenaline filled, I guess, ego filled really, if we're being honest with ourselves, um, path, which is a different path. We're coming to the end of our interview. It's been incredible. I could talk to you all afternoon, as you know, uh, but I do have one quick question for you. I think just to, it's a question that I did have written down. I, I, not that I, as I said to you, I, I never really asked the questions I write down. I, don't know. <laughs> I always get them just, just in case. Um, but a lot of businesses seem to fail. I say that 60% of businesses seem to fail within three years of um, starting out. In a nutshell, why do you think most businesses don't seem to make it beyond that three years? Hmm. What would your advice be to anyone who's just starting out thinking, right, okay, how can I avoid the three-year trap? It's a very, very difficult question to answer because it's it's mm -hmm. obviously yeah. so many different reasons. So I think, firstly, let's talk a little bit about that fluidity that we talked about earlier in, in, mm. in life and, you know, that we talked about it sort of managing time. Definitely in, a, in the context of a business, that's really important. And uh, whilst we can have an idea of what we think, you know, what does great look like? And it's important to always start with that question, what does great look like? What does success look like here? So you at least know what you're trying to get to. Um, understand that there's probably a thousand paths to get you there. And in fact, you might not end mm. up there. You might end up over here. So be open to finding a business model within the business model that you start out with often. Um, I think that's really, really important. And to be honest with yourself um, as you you go through the, the, the cycle of the business. One thing that is so difficult is to re retain perspective as you run a business, very difficult. And that, especially if you don't have somebody around you that helps to sort of pull your head out of it. I mean, I'm I, this movement, I'm constantly saying it to my team. It's like, <laughs> my job is to pull them out of their, the day-to-day the -day running a business to take them back 
to see the overview of the business and yeah. very, very difficult to do if there's just you and you're there with your little jetpack on your back and you're just self-propelling around. Uh, but you're like in the detail. One day you're doing a presentation, the next day you're cleaning the toilets. You know, it's you're 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 in the whole thing with your calculator and doing your little uh, you could you could be doing your books, you could be doing the whole thing. Very difficult to retain perspective but very, very, very important. And whatever that might be, whether that is talking to somebody on a regular basis or, you know, every single idea I've ever come up with for a business has been on week three of a holiday. So that says something about adrenaline as well and the clarity of your mind yeah. as you allow yeah. yourself to properly relax and properly switch off. I can't stress enough how important that is whilst before you start a business but whilst you're running a business because if you lose that perspective you you absolutely cannot see where you're going you know you're just in the business and all you can mm. see is what's happening in the mechanics of the business and you don't step back enough so you know depending on who you are or what type of person you are you might need that on a regular basis like talk to somebody or you might find um you're better off that you you need to you need to go away and, you know, I go on boot camps, as you know, and retreats and yeah. go on my own. And sometimes I might just go for three or four days, but it's enough now for me to empty my head. And I go on long walks in the countryside on my own to empty my head. And that's what I talk about is emptying my head. I'm trying to empty it all the time mm. so that I have space to be able to retain perspective of not just my business, but actually life in general, but to retain some kind of perspective. I think that's critical. Um, numbers, it sounds like such a boring answer, but numbers are, you've got to understand the, the overall business model within which you are work with, with which you are working with. You have to understand it. You know, what is it? Do you have a sustainable, replicable business model? Because if you don't, you don't really have a business. You have to get to the point mm -hmm. where this is replicable and sustainable, i.e. financially sustainable. Because actually, there are loads of businesses that I've invested in and, you know, that I've seen over the years that are not profitable for the first few years. It's okay if that's the model. You know, if that's what you've agreed to, that's yeah. the model. You see a way out, and you've you've written the path, and you know what the you know you know you know what it looks like at the end. That's all. That's okay. It's completely fine. But it's understanding that that replicability of what it is that you've created that allows you to progress and have growth within a business. Because standing still is very, very difficult mm. place for a business because you'll always get newcomers in that will take over. So you need to progress, you need to change, you need to grow. Um, so I think that being on top of your numbers and understanding where where your profit comes from, you know, are you really making money here from the fundamental business that you're doing? And how do you replicate that? How do you grow? Um, is critical and I, I can't stress that enough like how important it is to be all over your numbers all over them and I think of something That's else good advice probably enough well, I've got anything but I think this is great advice anyone listening to this I hope they've been inspired by our, our conversation and your work and your mindset especially I think that 
um, you know, that almost like so what, you know, just go through your whys, you know, look through all the sort of blocks as to, you know, uh, what's preventing you and what's driving you. I think it's such a powerful conversation. Sarah, thank you so much for coming onto the Mindset Change podcast, which, by the way, if anyone's listening to this, Sarah was fundamental in the podcast name. <laughs> Maybe people don't know this, but I had a lovely walk with Sarah when I was moving, uh, changing the name over. And it was Sarah that I sought help with. I remember that walk <laughs> at the seafront. Uh, and yeah, and it, your advice was absolutely invaluable. So I just wanted to say, actually, uh, thank you because mindset change is now a top one percent global podcast it's doing very 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 well um and you know yeah your your advice was very helpful in that it's amazing i mean huge congratulations on i mean that what, oh, when, what was that two three years ago three years ago maybe yeah 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 it's amazing yeah, it was... how, how well you it's it's really incredible i've loved 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 yeah. watching your your progress and your growth and thank you so much for having me on oh thank you thank you Oh, thank you so much. So for listeners, thank you for listening. Uh, please do check out uh, Sarah Willingham's um, Instagram. It's very inspiring. Also her website, sarahwillingham.com. And uh, I look forward to connecting with you all.